Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Movie. Movie. Film. Film. It's a podcast where we pick a flick and decide if it's a movie or a film. Yep. I'm Nate, and ah, oh, hun, you got Arby's all over me. And I'm Terrell. And why be an angel when I can play a god? Is that dogma? No, it's not. It's oh. Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Oh, that's also a movie with angels. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But Dogma has angels playing God, so. Yeah. Mine was from Fargo. Yeah. I have yet to watch that. Oh, it's a violent movie set across the uh, snowy plains of Fargo, so. Where is Fargo? Actually, I guess it's not set in Fargo. It's set in a town outside of Fargo. I'm getting to. It's in um Minnesota. Okay. I always thought Fargo was in Or Nor- North Dakota. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dakota. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds even more... Anyway, I picked it because it kind of ties in with the violence set across the blizzard of The Hateful Eight, which is today's movie film. Mm Mm-hmm. But first, before we talk about that, some movie, movie, news, news. Yes. One bit of news today. An interesting bit. Yeah. uh, Bringing back the Saw movies, the Saw film franchise, with Chris Rock at the helm. Yeah, he's producing, right? Or is, is he only producing it? I, I guess I didn't. I didn't read the details. I I thought maybe he'd be writing and directing it. Writing and directing. He is a writer and director, and other things. I mean, yeah, but, um, Chris Rock writing and directing saw. This is, uh, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. How how I, long? I don't know. I don't how know. long was? ago was saw the final chapter like two years two yeah max yeah, yeah like, like max like they're not really <laughs> reviving yeah. it they're just doing another one after they said they would stop it seems like maybe i don't i don't want to read into it but it seems like they're like hey chris rock can you do a jordan peele and Pretty he's much. like yeah i can do a jordan peele yeah he wrote it and he's uh executive producing it mm-hmm. yeah I don't think he's. So I guess with yeah. Jordan Peele, comedy guy, doing some horror stuff, and then I guess also uh, Danny McBride wrote the last Halloween movie, rebooted that. So I don't think I knew that. Yeah, that's why all the supporting characters and all the comic relief characters in that movie just sounded like Danny McBride characters, <laughs> just saying the f word a lot and talking about balls and right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting, I guess. I mean, Saw, I haven't been interested in Saw, in, in, like, since the second one, I guess. Yeah, I think I checked out after the third one was just irredeemable. I, I watched a few of them after that, but, I yeah, I definitely have no interest in them bringing it back when they just ended it. Yeah. For I don't... Probably a good reason. Like... You know, Chris Rock, do something new and original. I liked his the last movie he wrote and directed, Top 5, which he also started and played like a, com- a figure in comedy. Mm-hmm. This seems like a departure. Yeah. Uh, call it something else. Keep, they, don't, 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 yeah, call it something else. Don't call it Saw. Well, Saw is how they get all the money. I get, yeah. When they release it on Halloween and... It's the new Saw movie. Yeah, they already it's, know what it is. It's a, it's the name that sells, right? If there's any genre that runs franchises into the ground, it's horror. It's, yeah. Because you can make those movies cheap. You can make a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why there's like five Final Destinations and 20 uh, Friday the 13th movies. And yeah. All 20 Halloweens. Yeah, there's like a lot of Hellraisers, right? Yeah. Oh, man. They make them like <laughs> every year. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) On to the Hateful Eight, then. Yes. Uh, Netflix just put out this extended version, which is cut into four episodes. Mm -hmm. When you click on it in the Netflix menu, it says, like, season one, episode one, which is... Like, there's going to be a season two. We'll get get into this format uh, question later because mm-hmm. it is a big question to me but uh quentin tarantino's most recent film or movie still have not made my judgment okay uh 
not my favorite, not my top three favorite, maybe my least favorite. Ooh, okay. I don't Uh, know. This is one of my favorites. It's definitely, like, top of the list for me. Yeah? Yeah. Watching it again... I had a I had a hard time with it. Watching it this time, the way that it's set up, yeah, on well, that's this a big part of it was difficult. It was hard. Watching it as a movie is great. Yeah, before today, I wouldn't consider it one of my least favorite of his movies, mm-hmm. but about I guess into like the third episode of this movie, oh. <laughs> I just. No, but I was just angry at the thing I was watching. By the by, the second episode, I kind of like was checking out a yeah. little bit. Um, it just suffers. It suffers from being um, episodic. But and like uh, some of the some of the ex- like extended cuts are kind of pointless. They're just stuff that he cut for a reason, probably. Like the beginning is just like a good minute or so of like them showing us the snowy field the snowy land and like okay yeah. we get it it's snowy yeah my first note was i guess get extended to needs five times as many establishing shots yeah which it looks beautiful and for a movie that's mostly set in just one haberdashery mm-hmm. <laughs> in one room in one cabin i guess it's it's cool to get the the breath of the nature and the snow looks nice mm-hmm. with that 70 millimeter panavision mm-hmm. lens the same lens they shot. Uh, oh, I already forget it. Never mind. He used okay. oh Ben Hur. Okay. Yeah, that classic epic. I don't know if it was the same physical lens or just the same type, actually. But that was one of the trivia things. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm actually glad I went to go see this movie. I'm glad I went to see the road show because As did I. I think that's probably part of the reason why it's one of my favorites just that that experience of watching it that way i found that to be a great movie going experience as one yeah one of my top theater experiences yeah but yeah watching it like this was not um not good i wouldn't recommend it and yeah and this wasn't my second time like i think i've this was my fourth time this yeah like my third fourth time and watching I'm, this movie i none of them have matched or come close to match my feelings about it after seeing it the first time yeah. whereas most of his other movies i like more every time i watch them mm-hmm. and this seems to be coming up short every time i revisit it though the format this time did have a lot some some to do with that i'm sure yeah like okay yeah let's just i'm just gonna complain about the format because we're already doing it all right the movie the theatrical version or okay so there were two versions when it came out in theaters the 70 millimeter roadshow which was they got the film reels they showed them on the projectors there was an intermission a 15 minute intermission that was pretty cool yeah um and then the theatrical version which was condensed of no intermission and now there's this the first two were already broken up into six parts Mm -hmm. they were considered chapters and there were title cards that said chapter one chapter six and they all had titles Mm -hmm. this netflix series is four episodes episode one kind of lines up with chapter one episode two kind of lines up with chapter two but then the third episode, they just mashed together three and four. In the fourth episode, they mashed together chapters five and six. And I don't see why they did that instead of just making it six episodes. I guess because it would have been shorter than an hour. Each each episode is pushing an hour. If they would have did that, it would have just been shorter, I guess. And yeah, but... Like that. But it's not like they're airing it on TV and they need to consider commercials. It's it's Netflix. They can do what they want. I guess this is what they wanted. I mean, yeah. they, they got us to sit in front of Netflix for almost four hours. We did it. We did do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the movie... I'm mad. I'm it, mad. <laughs> you're mad now? Yeah. The movie... You, you probably don't think about it until you watch it like this, but the... Breaking it 
breaking it up into uh, six chapters actually benefits the film because it Absolutely. is such a long piece. Um, and when you just break it down into four pieces and you only put the title card at the beginning, then, then it just kind of like drags. It just feels really long. It needs to be broken up. It needs it needs that that break so that yeah. you feel like something new is happening. So we probably watched this version incorrectly by just watching all four episodes in a row. Probably. We, we binged this. <laughs> uh, we, we were silly enough to watch it as if it were a movie instead of a, what, yeah, cash maybe, grab? I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's, that's Miniseries. So... Yeah, so I was thinking maybe it, it would be a different experience if we watched an episode and then watched the next one like a day later or mm. so. But the first two episodes ended on really weird notes. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't conclusive at all. Yeah. It's not like each episode had a, had a clear arc and a beginning, middle, and natural end to them. Right. And the intermission in the roadshow was after chapter three. It was halfway through the movie. Mm -hmm. As stated, chapter three of the movie is the first half of episode three. And the intermission comes at a great time. And after the, I don't it's know. It's after it's, that great dingus scene. Yeah, the way it's cut is baffling and... Aside from the extended flashback that we get in this version, yeah, that's they the, don't really do anything new for me. Yeah, that was the only good thing about it, I guess. But like, even that wasn't necessary. I don't think it was at all. It was just cool to see extra footage. If you're but a Michael like, Madsen fan, you get a little more. Yeah, Michael you get a little Madsen. more of him. I guess. Yeah. Who's a Michael Madison fan? <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've, I'm not, I haven't seen many Michael Madison movies that weren't directed by Quentin Tarantino. Right. He was in a Justin Bieber music video once where he like kidnapped Justin Bieber's girl. That's a good pocket to be in, though. Like to be in Tarantino's pocket and you just do Tarantino films. Like, yeah. You just pop up in his movies. And there's a couple people like that that are in this. Yeah. And his other movies mm -hmm. yeah he has an, his uh he has his actors yeah all right so yeah all right so i mean yeah. you know, you know. We're, we're not gonna walk through this oh, four no, episode or full movie thing point by point let's just i took terrible notes <laughs> let's just go <laughs> say our note i mean i took notes of things that i found interesting mm -hmm. um um, I love that opening. The Not this crucifix? opening, but the just like the long opening of like the Jesus statue, mm -hmm. the rise up, them coming into frame, like yeah. riding into frame. Like I like that. The score is really great. This was the first of Tarantino's movies that you had a, an original score. He usually uh, just takes songs, existing music, mm -hmm. and makes compilation sound really really good yeah. compilation soundtracks. Yeah, soundtracks are really good but he enlisted ennio morricone the italian film composer mm -hmm. classic uh and he uh whipped this together with some of his outtakes from the thing yeah i noticed yeah, that i went to which, go i looked up the um the thing soundtrack when i was looking up hard soundtracks mm -hmm. and the the song, I think at the end, when they're hanging her, mm -hmm. is on the Thing soundtrack. Mm. And I was just like, oh, I don't remember really hearing this in that movie, but it, you know, it must have been in there. Yeah, uh, the Thing is definitely a big inspiration for this movie beyond just that. Kurt also, Russell. yeah, and just like the snow and people trapped. And, yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino has said that the two... Uh, movies that most influenced this one were The Thing and unsurprisingly Reservoir Dogs which was his <laughs> first movie. His movie but I see it I mean this is definitely in the vein just like it's a whodunit or a mystery and they're yeah. all the so guys they're all bottled guns, up yeah. yeah but 
yeah, I think this is perhaps Tarantino's most self-indulgent movie. Mm -hmm. And he's already super self-indulgent. Yeah. And then this cut is even more self and is it's too much i i feel yeah that was word when this movie came out it was just like very tarantino because it was just so dialogue heavy mm -hmm. it's it very uh, rich dialogue um the dialogue i think uh is really good in the movie yeah he's funny yeah it, it's <laughs> funny he he finds a way to make things funny that probably shouldn't be funny but you find yourself laughing at them oh like violence against women violence against women yeah yeah i mean yeah i mean oh man so yeah um what's his name uh ruth john ruth yeah the, that, hangman. the hangman john ruth yeah so he's bringing in uh daisy damrugu to mm -hmm. to be uh hanged um and he's just welling on her throughout the whole movie he's just like like punching her like I mean, she has a a really foul mouth, and, yeah. but he's just uses his. So to his... be fair, they all do. Yeah, because they're Tarantino. It's characters. A, yeah, they're in a Tarantino movie, so <laughs> like every other word is disgusting. Um, I don't find the Kurt Russell slamming his elbow into Jennifer Jason Lee's face so funny mm -hmm. as much as the comments he makes after doing so he's oh. always he always has something to say right afterwards mm -hmm. like he he elbows her in the face and then he says how about you, you and i have a system of communication if i elbow you in the face it means shut the hell up yeah um, um which i guess on paper me saying that it's not that funny maybe no. it's delivery it's delivery shock. In it's, shock. it's context um because she's I mean, everyone in this movie, I mean, it's pretty much racist. And there's only one black guy in the movie, played mm -hmm. by Samuel Jackson, uh, Major Marcus Warren. And, um, you know, a lot of the time she's, I mean, she gets hit because she's talking, but it happens right after she says a racist comment, mm -hmm. which I guess makes you feel like it's uh, justly deserved. Well, it makes me feel okay with it, I guess, at that that point i'm just like well also she she spits on uh warren's lincoln letter <laughs> and then he shoves her and he then punches her yeah and i don't laugh she, at him punching her but she flies out of the yeah out of the stagecoach and she's handcuffed to kurt russell's character so he goes flying too and yeah. that uh is very comedic yeah <laughs> just them both flying out um yeah, with with the, the Lincoln letter, the first time it shows up, mm -hmm. uh, Kurt Russell like asks, oh, okay, let's do character names. John Ruth asks Major Warren to see the Lincoln letter, mm -hmm. and uh, Warren makes this whole big thing about, I don't usually let people see it, but mm -hmm. you're, you're seeing as you saved my life. And then I love how, uh, I will say Kurt Russell, because it's the actor's choice, not what the character's doing. He takes the the little 18th century or 19th century reading glasses yeah, the wire frame so dutifully puts them on in the excitement to read this yeah he's so letter. giddy yeah just that whole i mean the, just that element it's a very tarantino thing just to have this the lincoln letter be this ongoing um element through the story and just mm -hmm. the evolving um plot point and meaning and, of it yeah, yeah and, and it becomes different things yeah i actually like like it i mean i yeah i like it uh the way that it, it travels how you know eventually it's revealed that it's pretty much a weapon you know what i mean or it's like a yeah. shield you know it's it's his defense against white people he uses Be it to yeah. disarm them or to make them like him yeah because yeah. once they find out that he was pen pals with lincoln well now he's just not you know i don't know a threat yeah he's or, not a threat or, or you see him in esteem because president lincoln uh called called him his friend yeah one thing I did notice, there was all, I think this is the only thing I picked up on in this viewing that I had missed before. 
uh, the way they talk about horses in this movie. Mm-hmm. One of the first conversations they have in the stagecoach once uh, Warren jumps in is about what happened to Warren's horse. Mm-hmm. He talks about how uh, his oldest horse or something. And there's this whole thing about if he considers the horse a friend. Mm-hmm. And then later on, the treatment of horses when they're um, putting them in the barn. Mm-hmm. Uh, OB, the stagecoach drivers, the only person that says like hey we gotta look out look after these horses during the blizzard we, right. we gotta set up this line mm-hmm. um the music playing during that setup of the lines is it's so unnecessarily ominous to the point where you think it's something's gonna happen to mm-hmm. to them while they're out there and then it just cuts back inside the the, the cabin it's just uh, yeah it, i think that really uh underlines the threat of the blizzard yeah yeah i mean it, it like knocks uh walton goggins characters down on the ground of uh, one other the one other line about horses i think brings it around is um uh general smithers the bruce dern character when confronted about uh when confronted by warren talks about how he he doesn't care for northern horses least of all northern n-words uh and i think that kind of them being grouped together that kind of put a a big highlight on it for me to pay attention to who is valued what 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 life in this movie is valued Mm -hmm. um and how different people have different ideas of that be they horses or human beings right yeah. All right. So, um, I feel like I should have been more suspicious the first time I watched this movie when they walk into the the haberdashery mm-hmm. and there are three guys there and an old old man. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should have been more suspicious. I for some reason didn't. Maybe I I I can't really remember if I like suspected. Well, because uh, we the we Mexican, already but... we already think that Mannix is the threat. Yeah, and that's like yeah, that's a p- pretty good uh, storytelling. So they pick up uh, Warren in the stagecoach, mm-hmm. and then later on, there's another guy out there we got to pick up. Mm-hmm. So it becomes this big thing because uh, Ruth doesn't want anyone getting his bounty. Right. So we're already suspicious of him, so we finally get to the haberdashery. We're not sure. But Warren's... Early on, There's Warren has a lot of questioning for Bob, who claims to be uh, overseeing the haberdashery in Minnie's absence. Yeah. And... I love when when he walks into the haberdashery and he looks around and he notices, like, all the people that are there. Mm-hmm. And it's all men there. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, hmm. He's just like taking note. Yeah, it's that scene where he has his back to the door while Obi's, uh, or Bob is um, nailing yeah, it shut. Yeah. So he gets that, that moment to just do the scan, the full scan of the room. Yeah. And um, I will say that the 70 millimeter lens, you get, it's a, a very wide angle. You get so much of the room in one mm-hmm. shot. I mean, usually we think of these lenses as these huge land. You use them to show the mountains and the giant landscapes, but to just put them in a room and to have a lot of like close ups. It, um, I don't know. It, really interesting use of mm-hmm. that. I appreciate it. it's like seeing the different characters on the peripheries of the frame. Uh, just fidgeting around to doing their own thing. Right. Uh, you don't know who's poisoning the coffee or who's doing what. Right. And this movie is is full of characters, and uh, Samuel Jackson is is a character himself, but he kind of his acting is kind of tame compared to everyone else. Kind of to an extent yeah it kind of like highlights him a little more because then you have like oswaldo oh he's trying too hard oh man how did they not see oh this is a classic villain yeah this this guy is like really just like big and 
Yeah, just classic like bad guy. But he's like, got a mustache. He could be twirling. He doesn't. I'm not. I don't think he actually twirls it. But right, like he silent might as well movie be. era bad guy. It's not even silent because you hear him talk. He's got that British no, accent. No, I'm talking about like like the like, style of bad guy, like a like mm-hmm. a silent movie. I'm not calling him silent. No, yeah, but I'm just saying the his British accent on top of already that archetype, mm-hmm. the right. idea of the. There's a cliche of the British bad guy. Right. Because, you know, in an American film, we don't like to see ourselves as villains. It's always <laughs> got to be someone else. <laughs> yeah, he goes in this whole speech about... Because uh, his, his story is that he's the new hangman in Red Rock. Mm-hmm. And he's got this whole speech about uh, the whole point of justice and how he's the dispassion. The, the hanging needs to be done by a disp- dispassionate party for it to be considered justice or else it's just revenge yeah. or violence in its own um yeah he 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 gets really into his character of Ozzy uh yeah I forget what uh the character's real name was but yeah it's interesting it, yeah, it knowing matter. what happens how all these people were pretending to be different except for General Smithers yeah um I mean, there are different approaches to it. I mean, Bob just had to be constantly on the defensive because of war and being familiar with Minnie's haberdashery and knowing something was amiss. You know, Joe Gage stays pretty quiet. Yeah, he's in the cut. Yeah. Just fine. Yeah. Yeah. He's writing a letter to his mom. Not me, not really, but that's what he (laughs) says he's doing. We get... I mean, the next thing I have is just Mannix fanboying over General Sandy Smithers. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're both they're yeah. both Confederates. Yeah, they both for, fought for the Red in the war. So yeah, this is like Mannix's hero, right? Here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Are you General Sandy Smithers? <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Um, we find out that Smithers was supposed to just sit there and be quiet and not do anything. Yeah, but, he was supposed to be nobody, but he but turns also, out to be someone. Yeah, also, Warren and Mannix weren't supposed to be there. Yeah, that that was the wrench, right? Yeah. In the system, they weren't expecting these two other guys. Yeah, there was a line in the flashback where Jody Domergue, who this whole time is just hiding under the floorboards. Mm-hmm. Just waiting. Is this whole movie just the opening scene from *Inglorious Bastards*, but stretched out as a whole movie, and instead of Nazi-occupied France, it's post-Civil War America? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> but I mean, that had some people hiding under the floorboards, yeah, and like, out of fear. and a character going into the house and like, not sure what to believe and interrogating. Yeah. Know, yeah. Similar stuff. Similar. Not the yeah. same. It's exactly the same. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino's just repeating himself. Um, but there was the line where uh, Jody Domergue says, before he goes underground, says, just sit here, say hi, hello, maybe say your name. Maybe say your name. But if he knew who he was, he would have said, don't tell him who you are. Yeah. Or, or they would have just killed him because he's someone who yeah. would be recognized yeah i mean he did add um i guess tone to the room i think if they would have walked in there and it was just like three guys in there they would have been way more suspicious right you know, bob urges sus. jody to keep smithers alive saying that um he makes it look authentic yeah which is kind of like the old mary todd line that uh, Warren includes in the Lincoln letter. Yeah, it's all about how you dress it people, up. People love the old Mary Todd says it's time to get for bed. So yeah. <laughs> it's just that little element. Yeah, a little, little extra spice to it. So Mannix loves Smithers, mm-hmm. but he hates Joe Gage. Where does this come from? Yeah, it's just like he just automatically hates this guy. He just doesn't like the way he looks. He it thinks so he's funny. ugly. He says he's the like, ugliest he's guy. like the ugliest guy here did it. Um, yeah, I don't know why. There's like no yeah. real explanation for it. He just does not like Joe Gage. He's very funny. Um, yeah. 
so yeah, War- Warren, Major Warren's uh, suspicious of everything. Mm-hmm. Some really good visual storytelling when we see he's, he's getting coffee and he kicks a jelly bean that goes into the floorboard and he looks right. at that very suspiciously yeah. and looks up. Well, the camera shows the jelly bean on the floorboard, then Sam Jackson's face looking up, mm-hmm. and then we see the three glass jars of jelly beans on top of a shelf mm-hmm. uh, with like a gap in between them and the jars are color coded right. but the color of jelly bean that Warren sees isn't represented in the the available jars yeah he's just slowly uh, piecing things together and just biding his time pretty much mm-hmm. until it all goes down um, and it goes down very late in this mini I think it's a miniseries. We can get to that. Yeah, in episode this, three. In this uh, extended version. Episode three, episode four. Hmm. Episode hmm. three. Nothing happens to episode three. Yeah. yeah episode no, two ends with Bob declaring that the stew is ready. Yeah. That's what I wrote down in frustration. <laughs> it just ends in the middle of nowhere. And then the whole... Okay, that's later. So now we get to... The dingus story. One of my favorite parts. Watching this, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Oh yeah, I mean this like is the, the first escalation that ends with violence. So and he sets it up so obviously, but perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, what what's his name? The the guy they they came in with. Obi. Oh, no. No, the new sheriff. Oh, Mannix. Mannix is telling him, like, look, he just wants you to pick up the gun mm-hmm. so he can shoot you. And he's telling this story. And we get this this great flashback and showing you what mm-hmm. happened. And he's like, you're getting pictures, aren't you? Like, he's so, like, charismatic. Yeah, and we got pictures. Yeah, we get the picture, right? <laughs> and he's just telling this story about how he got his son to perform fellatio on mm-hmm. him. Maybe more... Uh, you know, uh, while he was begging for his life, well, not beg- begging for his life anymore, begging just for a little bit of warmth, and yeah. that he didn't give him anything at the end of it, he killed him, and uh, at this point, you know, he he loses it, and he can't, he knows, he knows, he know he knows what's about to happen, does it anyway, picks up the gun. Yeah, Marcus shoots shoots him. It's yeah, great. Yeah, Warren just needed him to pick up the gun, so he had a reason to kill this Confederate. Yeah, and without he, and he being, does it. Yeah, without becoming you know a, a freaking bounty again. The only part of that section that's represented in my notes is where I wrote down the different words that Warren uses for his penis. First, he calls it a pecker, mm-hmm. then a Johnson. Mm-hmm. Then he gets to Dingus, and he likes it because he sticks with Dingus from from then on out. Yeah, all I have is Dingus, all capitals, two exclamation points. It's the Dingus scene. Yeah, it's the Dingus scene. <laughs> it's the Dingus scene. Great word. <laughs> yeah, and like in the movie, that's the end of that scene, mm-hmm. and then it, a title card comes up. But in this one, there's no title card. It just keeps going. In the movie, we get the intermission right after that. Yeah. And it makes sense. Yeah. And then you go to intermission and you talk about the dingus scene. <laughs> right. It's the first piece of action. Yeah. It's a great bit of monologue from Samuel Jackson. And then, yeah, you get your break. And, and part of what get... was awesome about seeing that, that version in the theaters is you get the 15-minute intermission, you get back from intermission, and then chapter four starts. Dom Regue has a secret. Mm-hmm. And it starts with Quentin Tarantino's voiceover narration saying, uh, we last saw these characters 15 minutes ago and it lines up perfectly with the intermission and yeah. that's kind of cool and you get the recap and you get the different perspective we see mm-hmm. that someone with black gloves was poisoning the coffee while this whole story was happening and Daisy Domergue was the only person that saw it mm-hmm. and that's why and then in the movie he says and that's why this chapter is called Domergue Has a Secret instead on this Netflix version we get a very poorly cut together audio of him saying, and that's why this is called Domergue has a secret. <laughs> I don't even think I noticed that. that cut, but, um... The only way it would have been worse is if it was like, 
And that's why this episode <laughs> is called Tom. Like, they just clearly yeah, put that like in. Yeah, dubbed but. it. Um, yeah, the, the, the dub, the narration seemed weird, kind of weird to me in it the original movie. It comes in the middle of the movie, third episode. But, yeah, in the coming in in the middle of the third episode, it's even worse. And it doesn't come in with a title card. It just starts. It just starts because there's no narration up to this point. So it's just a weird thing to happen. I feel like there had to have been a better way to recut this for not not that I even think that this version should exist because mm-hmm. who really who was watching the hateful it saying I wish there was more I like it but more more like Four not, hours. like I'm not like a sequel or a prequel but just like more of everything I just more saw yeah <laughs> but there they should have just not used the voiceover stuff. What what that narration did in the movie, it was already broken up into chapters. It felt vi- like you were reading a book, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so a narrator comes in, and of course the narrator is Quentin Tarantino himself because he likes putting himself in his movies. And mm-hmm. he's reading like some stage directions or whatever, or not stage directions, but like the part in the script that... Yeah, the plot know that we didn't it. see. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't flow. In this. Yeah, it doesn't flow very well. Maybe they could have just shown, maybe during that story they should have just shown, uh, the black, the shot with the black gloves in the pot and then just shown Daisy seeing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe we don't need Quentin Tarantino getting his voice in the film to just tell us how clever he is <laughs> um yeah someone has poison the pot um yeah I'm and sure. then there's a I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of stuff that happens but the next thing i have is uh blood vomit well before that we get a song Okay. Let's talk about Daisy singing, playing okay. guitar. She's playing guitar. She sings. Uh, she learned it just for this movie. Yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, she, yeah, she's great in this movie. Yeah, she's very yeah, she, good. Yeah, she's very good in this movie. Like, I walked away from this movie being like, I should hate her, but like, she like acted the hell out of this movie. Her voice is so grating. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do impressions, sorry. <laughs> I, I, that sounded nothing like it at all. I feel like that's pretty close, actually. <laughs> like, that little that little clip, that, yeah. that little bit is pretty close. Like, okay. she, it is pretty, just like, uh. Like, I don't know where she's speaking from, like, where she's placing her, her voice, her, her chords, but it's like. It's got to be damaging. Yeah, it has to be <laughs> uncomfortable for her to play it. It's a little gravelly. It's a little, I don't know, but yeah. But yeah, uh, Obi and and John Ruth die by vomiting out blood. I I think I was smiling during this scene because I was just like, finally, I was oh, just yeah. like, oh yeah, like this is like mm-hmm. I was waiting for this Tarantino, like yeah, give me give me all this blood, give me give me too much, come on, bring it on, and they're just like throwing up so much blood, yeah, I'll and see. this music is playing, dun, 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 and it's like it's really it's really good, it like just like all of it just like comes together like really really greatly yeah i'll swear in my notes i did right i think we found all the blood that was missing from mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> right here they just threw it out because they got blood to spare in this movie yeah so much gore yeah so and, uh, the... poor obi i mean i i guess like oh yeah it was just his time to go he was like pretty much the chillest character well he kept s- having to do work yeah. It felt bad for him. He kept having to go back out there. Yeah. Coming back in. Yeah, when he came back door. in and wrapped himself in that, that fur mm-hmm. and laid by next by the fire, I was like, that was me. That's me. That's me. I'm laying down next to the fire, and that's yeah. it. I'm not moving from here. Because that place looked cold. It looked like yeah. snow was still coming in. It was I, coming in through the cracks. I, it looked yeah, cool. But... It looked, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they were going to survive that blizzard in that place. With stew. With stew. And it's hot, soaked coffee. So Warren gets his guns and he takes control of the situation. Yeah, right away. Tells everyone to line up against the wall. Mm-hmm. Eventually, 
telling Mannix he can come join him because Mannix was had coffee in his hand, was about to drink it as yeah. Obi and Ruth died, and he realized that it was poison, so he stopped. Right. That's how Warren knew that Mannix wasn't responsible for poisoning the coffee. Mm-hmm. But just Wallen Goggins' face when when Sam Jackson tells him to take the gun out of his holster. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, now I have some semblance of control. Yeah. He, he gets so like, like, oh, yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, he changes his whole demeanor when he realizes that Warren, like, kind of trusts him now. Right. And then he just uses all that to just abuse Joe Gage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it was Joe Gage, the ugliest son of bitch in here. Now, the rundown is pretty good. Because we just, we learned that uh, Marcus knows a lot, he knows a lot. And he probably, this whole time, knew something was wrong. Mm-hmm. I guess he was just waiting for for this moment. But I feel like his, his guard was always up and he always, has his, he always had his eye on them. Um, and, and he runs it down about how, you know... He knows uh, uh, Minnie Stew, Minnie Stew, when she tasted, and if she was gone, if she went to go see her mother, then that shit shouldn't taste the way it does. Mm-hmm. And also, the thing about um, the sign, no dogs and no Mexicans, and she was just like, um, yeah, she definitely wouldn't have left it to you, um, because, and the only reason she took the sign down is because she started letting dogs in. Yeah. <laughs> And annihilates him. Just, you know, guns him down. But in the flashback, we do see that she lets Bob in. Yeah. She doesn't have a problem with Bob. She doesn't have a problem with anyone. Yeah. So, you know. I'm just thinking about that now. Yeah. Maybe. She did let a Mexican in. Yeah. Maybe she, um, you know, grew as a person, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Grew. Got her killed. <laughs> So everyone gets shot. Yeah, I mean, while this is happening, Jody Domingue mm-hmm. is under underground. And uh, I guess there's a certain spot that under the ground he's able to get to. I don't know how the basement works. Joe Gage told Warren to stop. He says, stop right there. He did? Yeah. I forget where, why Warren was walking to the other side of the room. Mm-hmm. But, oh, no, Joe Gage said, stop. Okay, I admit it. I poisoned the coffee. And that's how he got him to stop right there. He's standing right on, like, the trap door. Mm -hmm. So Jody's right there with the pistol pointed up saying, like, what do you say? Adios to your cojones. To your huevos. Oh, okay. To your eggs. So he shoots Um, him in the balls. He shoots him in the balls, man. I don't know how you even, like, continue on. And a bunch of other people point. got shot, and then we get um, the flashback. Mm-hmm. See how we got here. Yeah. Or, I guess we get a new episode in the case of this terrible uh, yeah. cut. The, um, the flashback is, is really good. I liked it a lot this time around. I feel like that part worked really well. In this format, I don't know why, but it just felt really grounded. Hmm. Um, just like having that set up and like having having Minnie and the actress who played her, she's great. She's phenomenal. Like she had she had a little tiny part and she just she killed it. Oh, I I'm personally fond of Zoe Bell's performance as Six Horse Judy, the only Judy you know that can drive six horses. Yeah, he made uh, her. Uh, a New Zealander, and she's a no, New Zealander. Like, well, that's her. You know she is I mean? from New Zealand. Yeah, like she didn't make her like stretch her muscle too far, right? Because she is, she was, uh, um, Uma Thurman, stunt woman, yeah. in Kill Bill, yeah, and then he did a uh, death proof. Then with her. she got to do death proof and be a real character, be her own character. Yeah. And just her character in this, like it's very short, but she just seems so full of life mm-hmm. and so friendly. Yeah, everyone is and really kinda naive. Grounded. And it, the scene is, the, is just so full. I don't know, like 
even though everything else in the movie is full of like dialogue, everyone's talking, it seems very spaced, but this one just seems so full. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I guess that there's a, a, a tone shift with the with the flashback. Yeah, for once, uh, we we know they're bad news. We know who is bad news. We right. have a sense that something bad's gonna happen, mm-hmm. but we don't know how. But then we see that all the members of the gang are each picking who their targets are, so that they can make sure everyone in the haberdashery is right. executed. Right, and they're everyone in in the haberdashery is so nice. You know, they're just mm-hmm. having fun talking French and stuff. And oh yeah, you know what I May's mean. So impressed. Yeah, she's so Jody's impressed. French. Yeah, she's just like we. You know, <laughs> she's just like she's like I can speak French now. Um, that whole that whole uh, my ass is fat uh joke sequence thing is is hilarious that's just great writing yeah why i i know your ass is fat why do i have to ask you just say it (laughs) is your ass fat we (laughs) (laughs) look at me y'all i can speak french it's great (laughs) and um you know i mean it builds a character up to be this really fun lighthearted character Mm -hmm. and then it just takes her down really quickly you know straight to the head yeah, you know what I mean, and just the whole, the whole idea of Minnie Minnie's haberdashery is just great, and there's like a story there with mm-hmm. Minnie and Dave's relationship. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but we don't know it. We don't. Um, we don't get that. Why? Quentin Tarantino could <laughs> do other things. He could. <laughs> <laughs> like well how about just like a drama or just a lighthearted comedy about Minnie and Dave yeah <laughs> and how the habitat <laughs> I don't know I don't um know. that's just being uh hopeful and yeah instead we get what Bob stabs Dave a bunch of times uh yeah. Jody kills Minnie uh Joe Gage kills Judy Oswaldo um, holding the the ladder for the Joey Bean saleswoman yeah you go rock steady rock steady yeah. and then there's a lot of repetition in the lines flying. just like a lot oh, of yeah. like especially his character especially oswaldo he like repeats a lot mm-hmm. um i just want to say uh uh channing tatum yeah is great yeah in this movie i think this might have been the first time where i was just like oh my goodness like he can act I, I feel yeah. like I haven't seen maybe much, but I've seen like enough. And when I saw him in this, it was just very different. Wow, Channing Tatum's a triple threat. He, I was just like, oh wow, he's good. He's charming yeah. and he's sneaky and he's bad and yeah, like this was just like a good part for and him. And him and Jennifer J- Jason Lee look like they pass the siblings. Maybe it's the teeth. Maybe it's the teeth. They they were definitely designed to be that way. Yeah, like I believe it when um he later on when he emerges from the crawl space and uh, turns around to face yeah and Daisy. that sweet little moment yeah yeah and that's I believe it interrupted with yeah. chunks oh yeah chunks of brain. <laughs> get splattered all over daisy but back to the flashback the like the one significant change other than the the weird cuts that and choices that don't seem to make much sense is the flashback goes on much longer mm-hmm. in the theatrical cut i'm pretty sure it ends right when uh when he kicks open the door r- right yeah right yeah. when john ruth enters but we get now we see that first bit of time that we had already seen, but from the villain's perspective. And you could kind of hear it. You kind of hear that sound cue where it should cut. The sound of, like, when the door kicks open yeah. and the wind is high and how it kind of rises up. But then it just keeps going. Yeah, because you're only halfway through episode three at that point. Yeah. And all this is or four, pretty interesting, I suppose... It shows Joe Gage had a gun on him the whole time yeah. um, under the table. He wanted to just get it done right away. Yeah, and within the first 45 seconds, he wanted to just end him. Um, and Oswaldo is telling her to like move out of the way. Mm-hmm. 
but instead she lets them know that he has company. He has a friend with him. Right. And they can't do it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's the only thing that's really given to us in this, in this scene. It's like, yeah, she, she knows the whole time. But by the end of it, we can... So Darmago has a secret. I mean, she has a secret the whole time she's there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we get we know all that by the end of it, either way. Whether yeah. or not we see that yeah. Joe Gage was gonna... What's his real name? Like His outlaw name is like the Grouch? Yeah, the Grouch. Grouch Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> he is a Grouch. Yeah, he's Grouchy. But for some reason, he tries to pretend he's the type that will visit his mother for Christmas. I thought his costume design was weird. I don't know if he was, like, designed after, you know, someone from an old Western movie. But, like, the way his clothes fit were hmm. kind of small. He had, like, this real tiny vest on. Yeah. And this, like, handkerchief around his neck. and Neckerchief. I Yeah. Yeah, the costumes, I mean, lots of, like, fur coats. Yeah. Um, I really liked the gold, uh, I don't really know clothes, but I guess it's Sam Jackson's jacket. Yeah, parts, like his overcoat. It had, like, gold The flourishes. inside yeah. of it was, uh, it was, like, the outside was, like, navy, but the inside was, like, this yellow-gold color. It was, like, really nice. I liked his, uh, and he has, like, this wool, this big wool scarf, yeah. Alright, I, I only have four items that I wrote after this part, after the flashback. Mm-hmm. I just wrote Daisy's face covered in blood. Because mm-hmm. I really like that she, she, her face is just completely red for the whole last yeah. 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like Carrie. From Sex in the City. No, from, from <laughs> Carrie. That movie Carrie. From Sex with in the, the blood. City. Um... <laughs> uh, well, Warren has the line during when he's interrogating everyone. Mannix wants to just shoot Joe Gage, that ugly son of a bitch in here. Mm. But he says, no, we're going to slow it down, take it real slow. And then later, he gets like a lot of slow motion lines. Yeah. Where he does take it real slow. Tarantino, he's, I guess there's like slow motion in like Kill Bill with the fighting sometimes. But not really. Not really. He doesn't really do slow motion. No. And then he introduces that flourish into this. Yeah. But I think it works. A lot of it's for comedy. Yeah. Sam Jackson delivering lines like... like you're going to trust this diabolical, diabolical bitch. bitch in slow motion. Yeah. It's very funny. Um, there's... Well, when he gets shot in the nuts... The action is happening in slow motion, but the screams are happening in regular time. Mm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think him messing with that kind of emphasizes maybe the, like, once you're shot, just like the headspace you're in. Yeah. How? Maybe the pain? I'm not sure. (laughs) Tarantino likes messing with time, though. Whether yeah. it be slow motion or just the structure mm-hmm. of his movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Daisy has an offer. Yes. Right. She has an offer for... Oh, man. Mannix. 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 Uh, for Mannix not to kill them, but to instead kill Major Marcus and walk away with the bounty. Mm-hmm. On um, Oswaldo and Marco, the Mexican, but Marco face is blown off, so now he's worth nothing. Right. Um, and I guess uh, Joe Gage, aka Grouch Douglas. Yeah, they're all worth like ten, fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, this all of this is just great for Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Yeah, just like, just like her acting. What is what is that? that part where she's just like uh, uh, yeah like she just like can't find the words at all like she's just yeah. like <laughs> um and you know Mannix is he said he'll bite so he's just listening to yeah. her but I mean in the end he doesn't he doesn't go for it which is 
oh great but then, he, then like, he passes out. he passes out that's so dramatic yeah it's just like i don't feel good dumb and then she takes this as an opportunity to go for a gun yeah but she, she runs for she, it forgetting that she's handcuffed yeah she's handcuffed to the hangman and she pretty much has to lug him around and chop his arm off mm-hmm. which is pretty great and she just kind of just when she takes a few swipes at it just yanks it off and the arm goes flying with yeah. her and before she can get to the gun manx comes back shoots her yep yeah and great. they're gonna shoot her in the head but Moran's like, nope, John Ruth. He, yeah. he wanted her to hang. He wants to honor the hangman. Yeah, so they yeah. they find some rope, they tie her up. She hangs with the John Ruth's hand hanging down. We get that shot with the uh, snowshoes on the wall in the background. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, dropped my pen. <laughs> a shot with the snowshoes in the background, kind of like angel wings, making mm-hmm. Dom Ryu look like an angel, mm-hmm. bloody angel. She, um... Yeah, I really like this scene when I was watching it in the movie because I was just like, I don't know if I ever rooted for someone a character's death, but I was just like, yeah, get her. Like, and you never like, have rooted for a character's nah, death. Nah, I mean that's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. But like, I was really like feeling this one. I was really in my seat. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, just like, the fact that Mannix and Warren, despite all their differences, can come together to. Yeah. murder a woman yeah <laughs> it because, just really just yeah i'm thinking like these guys have like gunshot wounds and like especially warren like mm-hmm. where if he's like straining to pull something it's just not happening right but it happened they did it they yeah. pulled this lady up and hunger yeah and then they're kind of just left to die yeah i mean i think that's one one of my favorite parts about this movie is that everyone dies. Yeah, no one. No one's gonna make it out of this. I mean, absolutely no one we see on screen. You, you get lives. a you get a cut back in those times, and you were you were a goner. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like any type of like body harm was just like life threatening. So they they had gunshot wounds. They were gonna bleed out mm-hmm. before anyone got to them after that blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. Before the imaginary fifteen other gang members yeah that don't I mean, even matter it well, didn't it's even not even matter. confirmed if it's real or not yeah. but i mean it, it doesn't assume matter. it was part of it was a lie yeah just like the uh manix whether or not he is the new sheriff of red yeah Rock. i was we, always we don't know yeah cautious of that just like is he i like that we don't know yeah um so yeah manix asked warren if he could see the lincoln letter that they both know wasn't real but Manix just wants to read it to get a, I guess, get a laugh before his death. I don't mm-hmm. know. So then Warren reads it and we get a Royal Orbison song playing over the credits mm-hmm. of the movie and the of the fourth episode of the miniseries. Right. Or are they trying to get a, like a, like an Emmy nomination or, or what with this? Like, what are, what, what, what is the point? Uh, I, I, of don't, I this? don't think they would be eligible for Emmys for this. Then why are they doing it? Um, why is the Weinstein company doing money. this? Yeah, is that why? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't see the, the purpose of this. Honestly, yeah, I, I cash grab. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I wonder how much Netflix they probably uh, appealed to Quentin's ego. Said we, I don't know. Uh, I hate this because it makes me not like this. See, yeah, it, it makes me not like it, and I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I really like it a lot. It's really like this one of your favorite. Of his it's one of my favorite. It's just like so like. I just I really love that road show and I just love Yeah, it was a great how movie going. Grand it was the scale of this movie. I liked it a lot. I liked the characters. I really like Samuel Jackson in this movie a lot. I like that yeah. this is his this is what um Quentin Tarantino gave him after Django, you know, after mm-hmm. playing that character in Django. Right. This is what he got. And, and this is his first time like kind of being the star. 
Yeah. I mean, he, I think he, he's the main character of this movie. He is. I, he's yeah. been in plenty of Quinn's movies. Yeah. And is usually has never before been the center. Yeah. And he he is the leading guy. He's great. I think he's acting the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that Academy just won't see Samuel L. Jackson, but it's all right. I mean, it doesn't stop yeah. him. Um, and I mean, why else do I? I mean, I just like it. I just think it's 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 grotesque and it's funny. Yeah, but you can say that about most of his movies. Yeah, but this one is just really just like. I mean, he really wrote this movie out. <laughs> I think about that. Like, he wrote every line in this movie. Well, um, you know, I, think, I think he wrote every line of every movie. Most of his movies. Yeah. Maybe not uh, Jackie Brown. I don't know how much yeah. he took from Elmore Leonard's mm-hmm. novel, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like um, Pulp Fiction and Inglorious Bastards, and Inglorious Bastards is pretty low on my list. In fact, it might be. Really? last on my list yeah oh that's one of my favorites of his yeah that's a um, really good one i have a i have a weird tarantino ranking um because death proof is <laughs> death proof is good death proof is at but the, i don't like, at really the, consider like, up it there. i don't consider it and one i didn't of the ones i don't know <laughs> i didn't i didn't really like it at first because it's so it was it came after planet terror yeah that's one of the ones of his movies that every time I watch, I enjoy it more. Yeah. Planet Terror more is more on the surface fun and satisfying. Yeah. And Grindhouse, that was another great movie going experience. Mm-hmm. Like, why is Netflix put that whole thing up? Yeah. The, with the fake trailers in between the two. Yeah, that would be great. Just to yeah. have that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. He makes really great theater going experiences. Yeah, I'm like very excited for Once like, Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, yeah. I mentioned that before, but yeah. Okay, so... I wonder if Samuel Jackson is going to pop up in that movie, because... Hmm. I won't be surprised if he does. I mean, Samuel Jackson even pops up in uh, Inglourious Bastards. His voice, His yeah. voice does, yeah. He finds a way to... Hugo to, Stiglitz. <laughs> he finds a way to, to get him up in there, so yeah. I wonder what he's going to do this time around. Uh-huh. Samuel Jackson's not his main guy in this one. Nope. Uh, uh. Is The Hateful Eight a movie or a film? Well, this is neither. This, yeah, this This is neither. This is disqualified, I think. Yeah, this is like <laughs> just a flub. Um, nice try, guys. You know, you got our stream, but you won't get it again. <laughs> Do you consider the... The original, yeah, I don't the unsegment the what is it on the unabridged the unabridged hateful eight uh, movie. I consider film. that a film. Yeah, I, yeah, it's uh, Tarantino's eighth film. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, he. Yeah, he's yeah he's cinema. Yeah, <laughs> he's very cin- cinematic. And this movie is very cinematic, and it is a film, and I think that's why it suffers in this format. It's so weird. Yeah. Like, write a TV show if you want to write a TV show, Quentin. People would love that. I wonder what, if he said anything about this, because, I don't know, I have a feeling that... Yeah, I've read that he they approached him, and they started working on it about a year after the theatrical cut came out. Um, Netflix said, hey, do you have any extra footage you want to put in, and can... Break it into some episodes. Mm. But the fact that they changed the structure of the movie, which was already so plainly structured with the chap broken up into chapters, and then they. Uh, we don't get the. Chapter six of the theatrical run was named Black Man, White Hell, mm-hmm. which was. Yeah. I, I think has thematic significance. I mean, it's definitely a movie that explores race and. Uh, Oh, it's very race-heavy movie, and um, <laughs> just seeing it through, you know, the black man's eye and him dealing with racist, but also, yeah. you know, I guess kind of not being mad about it, you know, 
not taking it too personally because I guess, you know, I mean, back then he had the means to, you know, take control of the situation and kill if he wanted to. He knew how to goad people into pulling guns on him so he could murder them legally. Yeah, he was... Without it being considered murder. Yeah, he was very fast. He was good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, he is very able to stand up for himself and, you know, the word nigga means nothing to him. Mm. Nothing. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. But instead of that chapter title, we get the last chapter for the name. Or what is it? The last chapter. That's the last chapter. Is episode four called the last chapter? Yeah. That's it. It's called the chapter in the episode. Whatever. Yeah. It's the episode's the last chapter. <sighs> why it's... why did they stop calling them chapters? Their episodes. Uh, I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. If Netflix does this again with another movie, I'm gonna skip it. Yeah. What, what if that this becomes their new thing, and then they just don't have movies anymore? They just have their own versions of. St- oh. I'm I'm worried about the precedent this is setting. <laughs> I hope it sets nothing. Hope this starts nothing. All right. Well, next week's movie film is gonna be kept secretly under wraps yeah it's a secret because we haven't decided what to do yet (laughs) i said it's a secret (laughs) yeah that's the secret it's a secret to us as well (laughs) i'm hoping it's something a little shorter than the last few movies definitely definitely that um yeah I mean, this was almost four hours. Yeah, remember Guava Island? That was so short. Right? Just hour, <laughs> under an hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to something like that. All right, well. Mm-hmm. Let's, I guess let's sign off. Yeah, let's sign off. This is it. Yeah, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at MoviefilmPod. Email us, MoviefilmPod at gmail.com. And thanks for tuning in to the Movie. Movie. Film. Film. Film.